0: We go you are listening to law and gospel on this November the 22nd in the year of our Lord 2023 Tomorrow is November 23 in the year of our Lord 2023 and it's Thanksgiving We will not be on the air Thursday and Friday due to the holiday but we'll be back on Monday God willing And we'll be talking about the readings for the following Sunday. Uh, By the way, I only have till December 10th preaching at two of the congregations I'm at. And then they have a new pastor coming in. So I'm available if there is a church that needs an interim pastor while you're calling another pastor. uh, Give me a ring. It would be nice if it was near the St. Louis area, but I can travel up to three hours. I'm going right now and be glad to do that. And once I talk to you, I talk to the district president to make sure that he okays that. And then I can begin preaching with you, teaching Bible classes, doing confirmation and baptisms, etc., That's to get a hold of me, Tom Baker at Brick.net. That's B R I C K dot net. Today is Wednesday and we're looking at Proverbs chapter twenty eight verses one to eleven. And it has a heading called Better to Be Poor and maintain your integrity. So, let's kind of take a look at what it has to say. Verse 1, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, what does that mean? How can a wicked person flee even though no one is pursuing him. Because the wicked person in the book of Proverbs is an unbeliever. And yes, even unbelievers recognize the depth of their wrongdoing, which in Christianity is called sin. And they don't have the confidence because they don't believe in God They don't have the confidence to realize that God is going to be taking care of them. And when they don't have that confidence, then they are afraid. Even when there is no reason for anxiety, it might be because of a result of their awareness of their own sin and God's condemnation. But. The righteous are bold as a lion. Another way of translating, but the righteous people are like a lion that is confident. So we live in the world of tribulation, both Christian and unbeliever. But the Christian is confident that God promises that all things are going to work out to our good. If we look back at our lives as Christians, we see many a time when, boy, I don't think I'm going to get through this day. And yet we do get through the day. Because Jesus has made promises never to leave us nor forsake us. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you so a wicked person is always fleeing because he's not confident of the future but righteous people that means those who have been given faith by the holy spirit are like a lion that is confident verse 2 when a land transgresses it has many rulers. But with a man of understanding and knowledge, its stability will long continue. Now, this is understood by taking a look at the Old Testament. That often became a land that was in rebellion against God. Even when they crossed the Red Sea, can you imagine that? They cross the Red Sea, it's dry, and when they get to the other side, they turn around and here come the Egyptian soldiers coming through the same sea towards them, and they get really worried, until, of course, the waters flood the Egyptian soldiers. And then they're really angry at God because they don't have any water, until Moses hits a rock and enough water comes out to give thirst to a million people. Then they're angry because they don't have any bread. And all of a sudden, manna falls from heaven every day until they get to the land of Canaan after 40 years. And they are fed by that. Then they don't have meat and they get angry at God and God sends them birds That are so many birds, they can hit them with their sticks in order to feed themselves. But in a rebellion, a land of rebellion, a land has many rulers. And remember, we saw that Moses was the ruler. He went up on Mount Sinai, but he was up there for so long that other people started to complain and they got Aaron to make a golden calf that they could worship. That was a rebellious land that had many rulers. But with a person who has understanding and knowledge, stability endures for a long time. Take a book that has a good history of the Old Testament kings you know, the two kingdoms, and you'll find very few kings are loyal to God. But when a king is loyal, like Hezekiah, not only is he a very, very, very good ruler, people enjoy his rule, and God even lengthens his days on earth because he has understanding and knowledge and stability endures for quite a long time. This happens even today among Christians, that understanding and knowledge is really dealing with the book of Proverbs, understanding the Holy Spirit, knowledge of the ways of God. And when you have that understanding and knowledge, Stability occurs in your life for a long time. Verse 3, a man who is poverty stricken and who oppresses poor people is a driving rain that leaves no food. That is, a poor man who oppresses the poor is a beating rain that leaves no food. That's verse 3. And that is really true. It doesn't matter if you're poor or rich. A, A poor person should have a sympathetic connection with others who shares his lot in life. This particular proverb makes the point that at times a poor person will lack such compassion and will instead oppress other poor people in an attempt to climb out of his own poverty. He's compared, therefore, to a driving rain. And you know what driving rain does? It crushes the crops, destroys the harvest leaves nothing to eat. So rulers need to be diligent in halting wicked behavior, even when it does not involve the rich and influential. This is also true for a pastor and his flock, that a pastor has to be very strong in using the law In making sure people realize what sin is and get them to repent, like John the Baptizer did, and move them to the wonderful good news of the gospel. Verse 4 Those who abandon instruction praise the wicked, but those who keep instruction oppose them. Now, we see this in movies all the time. You can turn on YouTube and watch the FBI files. There are people, criminals, who abandon instruction from God. They steal. They kill. They do all kinds of things that are against the laws of the land. And their friends are the wicked. That they're praising people like that. That's why it's really hard to be a warden in jail because the people in jail kind of have influence over one another and they praise those who are the worst. But those who keep instruction praise not the wicked, they oppose them. So that's the purpose of teaching youth confirmation, because the youth are caught up with the wicked, maybe their peers, maybe at school, maybe their neighborhood, and they don't realize God's will. But that's even occurring among adults in the United States. Look at all the horrible things that adults are living like against the will of God. And that is what is really dangerous about the time right now. Because those who abandon instruction and praise the wicked, things are going to be negative towards them. Verse 5 Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek Yahweh understand everything. Now, the ASV translation, but those who seek the Lord understand justice completely. And the word Lord is in capitals, which refers to the name Moses was given that God says, I am Yahweh. I am who I am. And therefore, once God makes a promise, he keeps it. And there are a lot of promises God makes in regard to justice. Well, the greatest promise, of course, is crashed on the cross. He justly went to the cross as a punishment for our sin, even though he was innocent of all sin. And therefore, God forgives us, not for any reason at all, but because of his justice that his son took upon himself our sins. So those who seek Yahweh, that means those who understand, those who are confirmed, those who go to worship, those who read their Bible, they begin to understand everything. Now, I've been a pastor for a long time, decades, and yet I think I'm only aware of 30 or 40% of the Bible. Oh, I can probably quote a lot of it but I'm not sure of the understanding of all of it from God's point of view. And the book of Proverbs is an excellent book to look at. For example, verse 6, what does it have to say? Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Now, who's making the judgment that a poor man walking in integrity is better than a rich man who is twisted in his ways? That's a judgment made by God. But it's also a judgment made by other Christians. Have you not met a poor person who has got a lot of integrity? They may only have a small shop that they work in. But when you go to them and you buy something, you know you're getting a fair price. If they're fixing something, you know they're going to get it done properly. Recently, in driving around Illinois, a deer ran out in front of us, and my car hit the deer. It just stopped in our lane and looked at us. Then we hit it and it ran away. Well, I'm picking up our car because it just got fixed after two weeks in the repair shop. And it's pretty expensive. It was about $4,000. But they phoned me and said it's ready to be picked up. So we're picking it up today because I really trust this repair shop. We've had a lot of work done with them. They're very good. They know the cars and they have integrity. And they've had to close down on Saturdays and Sundays because they didn't have enough work to do. So in a sense, you could say they were almost poor, but they were better than a rich person twisted in his ways. Verse 7, the person who guards instruction is a son, S-O-N, with understanding, but a companion of gluttons brings shame upon his father. Now, we're seeing that a lot, especially in teenage years, where they go to school and they get infested with people who are evil, who are gluttons. Maybe they're smoking illegally and doing other things, and they get in those gangs. Then they get arrested. Well, don't you think the father has shame upon him? He's thinking, how did I not bring my son up properly? And sometimes it's not the lack of instruction the father gave, but the world, the devil, and the son's flesh that overcame him. So it's important that in a congregation, we don't always blame the parents or bring shame upon them when their children get in trouble because the devil is hard at work, eager to get even young children into his fold. Verse eight, continuing with this set of Proverbs, which is very, very good. This verse says, Whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. Now, that takes a bit of concentration. In other words, the person who increases his wealth through usury, that means high interest rates, and price gouging. He gathers it for someone who is gracious to needy people. You see, these rich people who take money in dishonest ways, they use it to therefore buy things. And therefore, though they multiply their wealth in ways that are sinful, they're really gathering their wealth to be generous to those who don't have that much wealth as they buy things from their stores, etc. That's a really good point that God makes there. Verse 9, continuing. If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Now, another way of talking about that is the person who turns his ear away from hearing instruction, even his prayer is a disgusting thing. Now, the original says the word law, but we need to recall that in the Old Testament, the word law does not only mean the specific laws, like the Ten Commandments, the ceremonial laws, etc., but when the word law is used, it refers to both the law and the gospel. Remember the books of Moses, are considered the books of the law, and yet there's plenty of gospel in there, the promise that God makes that through the seed of Eve will come a savior, and the promises to Abraham that heaven will be our home. So you really need to look at the context of a verse when you read the word law, Is it talking about the combination of law and gospel? In other words, the instruction from God, or what we like to say, the word of God. That's really important. Verse 10. It says, whoever misleads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit. But the blameless will have a goodly inheritance. Now that really needs to be explained. Because who are the blameless? Aren't we all blamed for some kind of sin that we've done? Well, the answer is no. God no longer blames us. That's what forgiveness means we are no longer held accountable by God in heaven for the sins we did here on earth. They're all forgiven. But a person who tries to mislead upright people along an evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit That was spoken of earlier in the book of Proverbs. That you dig a hole for someone else and you end up falling into it. But people of integrity will inherit good. Finally, verse 11. A rich person considers himself wise. But a needy person with understanding will find him out. In other words, will expose him. How many times have you met someone who thinks he's wise because he's rich? That was part of the problem with the unbelieving Pharisees in Jesus' day. They thought that God only made you rich because you were so good. Remember the Pharisee? Thank God I'm not like that tax collector because I fast. I give a tithe to the temple. And therefore, they thought that because of their riches, they had earned it themselves by their ability, by their wisdom, by their thoughts, and therefore they merit salvation. But no, we don't ever merit salvation. We inherit salvation. James chapter two talks about that. Listen, my beloved brothers, Did not God chose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and drag you into court? Are they they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name invoked over you? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, and then he quotes it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. James points that out when you get a new member at church and he's rich. Everyone gathers around him and wants to say a lot about him. Whereas a poor person, they sometimes ignore. But God never ignores you. Proverbs 28, 1 to 11. Maintain your integrity. We'll be back on Monday, God willing. Till then,